I'm Katie. And I'm Kay. And you're listening to the Babes of Quinny podcast. What happens when a woman who loves hospitality and horses has a few eye-opening experiences that reminds her how important it is to live life to the fullest with friends and family? Obviously, she starts an event planning business to use her passion to help others live their lives to the fullest. Ashley Mitchell owns and operates Events on the Rocks. She renovated a horse trailer into a stunning mobile full-service bar and offers add-on snacks. Plus, event planning and bartending services take the stress out of your events. The county-based business serves the Bay of Quinney, Quinney West, Northumberland, and the Lennox and Addington areas. To learn more, go to eventsontherocks.com and follow along on Facebook and Instagram at events underscore on the rocks. If your body and mind are not where you want them to be, trying to navigate getting better can be overwhelming. Luckily, Belleville has a one-stop shop for treating your whole body. Diamond Physiotherapy is locally owned and operated by Nicola Robertson at 55 South Pinnacle Street. The business was founded to challenge traditional physiotherapy by reconnecting people with their bodies, both physically and mentally. They offer a range of services, including traditional physiotherapy, pelvic health physio, vestibular rehabilitation, and psychotherapy. The team at Diamond Physiotherapy is dedicated to getting to know you personally to provide a unique treatment plan for your recovery. For more information, go to diamondphysiotherapy.ca and make sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Diamond Physiotherapy. How is it already September? I have no idea. Summer has flown by. You know what? What? It's the perfect time to get back into things, including going for routine dental hygiene appointments at Family Dental Center. That is such a good idea because going for routine dental hygiene checks at FDC will help remove calculus and tartar buildup, provide early cavity detection, catch small issues before they come major, and screen for oral cancer. You can book your dental hygiene appointment at the Family Dental Center in Belleville, Frankford, or Coburg by visiting familydentalcenter.com make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at FDC Family. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. It's been a day. It's been a long day. It has been a really like fun, busy two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. I guess, should we start with a bocce recap? Yeah. So... Bocce was fun. We had Babe's Black Bear and Bocce last Thursday at mm-hmm. Black Bear. I thought it's been a week. I don't know. I guess it was a networking event, but it was also just like a hangout. Casual networking. Casual, fun, no pressure event. Yeah. No, I had a good time. And I had I'm a great time. not social. I don't I like- was so proud of you because I know social like outings and gatherings are not your Not fave. my forte. But you did very well. Thank you. Um, you killed it too. You had like your event. I put on, hat like an on event hat. I, yeah, you did it at the uh, our su- end of summer party too. In high school, we had prefects, and oh I guess it's like student council. Yeah, and I was the social prefect, so I that planned all out. the dances and stuff. And I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. So I go back into like that. Yeah. And you're like checking in on everybody, making sure everyone's okay. What are we doing? I still want to make a reel. I should do that. I forgot. I did take content. Yeah. I took no content. I took a bit. I took some funny stuff. Um, Shout out to the B-Sends marketing and ticket sales team. They were so funny. I was loving them. So what do you do? Ticket sales? Okay, but like, what does that mean? Yeah, I was like, well, are you in the box office? What's happening? I think that he was, no, Evan from the B-Sends kept losing. So 
Sorry, Evan, you're not very good at bocce. <laughs> I have their scorecard still in my car. Oh, I love. Let's they're frame like, it. D- they're like, does somebody win? Like, what? If, what happens? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'll take your scorecard. We though. make up the rules. Well, that's what I said. I'm like, we make up the rules. Maybe somebody will we win. We should frame it and give it to them as a gift. Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> Ticket sales. <laughs> Still don't know what you do. I think I get it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> we'll have the mom. We'll talk about it. We'll do a short a short episode to understand. <laughs> Bees and ticket sales. But huge shout out to Kale from Black Bear. He yeah. was a gem. I think just like being like, okay, like I get it. And okay, and, let's do it. Yeah. And I think we were having self-doubt classic imposter syndrome. You don't yeah. know what's going on. You're like, why am I doing this? And it worked. Yeah. We did the thing. And I think we're going to keep doing the thing. We're going to keep doing the thing. We got some really good feedback. We had the idea for the babes network slash like these events a long time really long time like probably six months ago i'd say and yeah. it's taken us this long i think mostly because of self-doubt oh 100 percent. i was like, I was like no no i don't think gonna come this isn't gonna no work no one's gonna come nobody wants to do this but it's like okay it worked and we got some really good feedback full transparency like probably six weeks ago i was like why are we even doing this podcast no one likes oh, it yeah i feel like we both were going through this weird like, moment where because we're so busy and the podcast doesn't take that much time, but it definitely takes time and effort and energy. Yeah, it's not that it's labor intensive, like, at all. Like, from my end, anyways. I know you edit. <laughs> I just sit and laugh. But <laughs> That's my favorite. Um, I just, yeah, no, I just, it, sometimes it gets to me. Yeah. Where I'm just kind of like, okay, like, nobody gets it. Nobody listens, nobody likes it, but that's I'm, not true. Yeah, and I feel like everyone goes through those. I'm happy we didn't. Because I refuse to quit. Mm-hmm. I think it's Virgo energy where you're like, nope, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Also, the I'm like, I want to prove everybody wrong. Yeah, I have that too. It's very, like, first I get really sad and I'll cry about things. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm mad and I'm going to prove all of you wrong. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I may get overwhelmed and cry for a second, but I will get it done. Yeah. And I'll show up. Feelings. There's nothing more powerful than if you were that person, because I had panic attacks in high school mm-hmm. and like university. I'd have a panic attack. I'd like sob and then I'd be in the bathroom. I'd put Kleenex like on my eyeballs to soak up the tears. And then I'd look at myself and I'd be like, you got this. If you do that, if you have that energy to have a full blown panic attack, yeah. your nervous system is crazy. Your your fight or flight is intense. And you just do look it. at yourself and you're like, you got this. And then you just act like everything's fine. I know you do it on your way to work in the morning. <laughs> Every <laughs> single, not every day. Mo- some days. Most days a week, I am picking up my Starbucks, I still have my shit together. I have a sip of my drink and I'm driving somewhere between Starbucks on King George near the Metro and this office, I have a full on crying panic attack and then I get my shit together and then I boss through the day. Sometimes I cry in the office depending on how emo I am. Like Monday. Where we are, yeah. Mondays are rough. But Monday I cried about Daisy. Oh yeah, my dog still has a UTI. Also cried about American healthcare. Yeah, <laughs> that was a day. Last week I went to therapy and I was like, I'm really busy this week. I'm running on adrenaline. I'm going to burn out next week. My social battery is drained, so I'm close to burnout, but I'm also very busy this week. So I just don't have the option to burn out, which yeah. maybe that's good. Oh, yeah. No, I'm full on like not sleeping. Yeah, you're going through some. Which, and I don't know why. I'm like, I don't know what it is. There's something that's happening in my head where it's like I'm not sleeping and I'm like excessively picking at myself. I go through um, 
So I don't know. Not what that, sleeping. What's that called? Maybe that's burnout. Insomnia? Yeah, I go through insomnia spells, but it's usually when I'm like extra anxious and like busy because think I'm that's thinking what it about is. everything. Because I've been extra anxious about a lot of things. I need to go back to therapy. This happened last time when I started going back to school again. So it's like I'm doing. You're back in school too now. Mm-hmm. This all makes sense now. You should go back to therapy. It's like I need to go to therapy. I need to be nicer to myself. Yes. Yeah. These are our affirmations. I'm I need write them in our office. I need to like write them on the mirror. You're in my bathroom. To, yeah. Be like. And Jonathan from Queer Eye says you're supposed to look in the mirror and be like, I am important. I've been doing this thing where I look in the mirror and I go, I am important. I am allowed to take up space. Yeah. And I had to do it before we went to the uh, Bevel General Hospital <laughs> Foundation the Gala. Because <laughs> I was dressed like more queer, I think. And so I was like, you are allowed to be queer and take up space. Yes. I had a moment. Okay. So we also went to the BJHF Gala last week. It was lovely. It was beautiful and an event. And I saw a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a really mm-hmm. long time. Saw my old professor Harvey. Yeah, he seemed very and he kind. Is the sweetest little man, and he's an incredible artist. Yeah, he would be really good to have Let's on the podcast. Do it because he traveled. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, we should have Harvey on. Huge shout out to Kristen Crow who shared Holy her story. If you don't crap. know, Google her. She's wonderful. Yeah. So she made everyone cry. We all cried. I yeah, cried. Her journey, I didn't realize, was that intense, mm-hmm. and like the strength she has to like talk about it mm-hmm. in a very public way yeah. and but also use her network and her influence to do good for the community yeah what an angel like yeah. that is the kind of good people in the community like i'm sure she has bad days too oh yeah but it's like to use all of that and take that strength mm-hmm. and to like turn it into something good i, I just find it very admirable and beautiful i and may be making up this number but i believe overall with all the auctions and the gala they raised over six hundred thousand dollars yeah i have no idea so, I know definitely that night it was like it around was over 300,000. 300, it was an organization gave $100,000 mm-hmm, in one. Fund. Ju- yeah, was- you get they because the way it works is Mark Philbin, our co worker, mm-hmm. was hosting the night and they ask people, it's like, can you donate $100,000? Yeah, they start at the top and come down. Can you donate $50,000? Can you donate 25, 10, blah, blah, blah? And people will stand up or raise their paddles, whatever. And I was like, okay, well. That's not me. Let's be serious. But I gave my hundo mm-hmm. and I was like, this is what I can do. And there's no, I don't, there's no judgment. No. From anybody. No. Whatsoever. Like it doesn't matter. There's tons of people who were, I think I just had this perception. This goes for a lot of galas that only like super, super loaded people go to these. Mm-hmm. But like, I know that's not the truth at all. No. And I think it's good to open it and give what you can. And yeah, I had fun. I got to wear a vest. You look super hot. So did you. You had so much glitter on. I still have glitter in my hair. You in do. My, I saw it's it in today. My scalp. It is. Like in like I, every time I like Have you shampooed? I have to get a clarifying shampoo, I think. To I, get glitter out? Honestly, I don't know. Apple cider vinegar. Spray it down. I've been like scratching my scalp and it's coming out like under my nails. I li- every time I look at you, like I I get a glimpse of glitter and I love it. Honestly, if I could I saw there's like the Snapchat filter. And it has like glitter freckles. And I'm like, this is all I want in life. Yeah. I want to have like permanent glitter freckles. So then I was like, I'm going to, I did a holographic nail. I love 
but it's just one. And when you shine the light on it, it's like multicolored. Ooh. Yeah. I like. Anyhow. Okay. This week's guest. We did some we did some resorting of guests, but I'm really happy because I, I loved this conversation and it's the complete opposite of my vibe right now. It's very put together. Very put together. There's lots there's not a lot of us talking, which is I think No, we learned part so of much. why I'm talking so much now. <laughs> so it's Callie, the executive director of TTO, which is the G Junhet Ungwanwana Language and Learning Center on Thai and Danaga Mohawk Territory. The organization has been going since the 90s, and I don't even want to tell you about it because I'm not doing it justice. No, I I honestly, and I think Callie, who's the executive director, is just, the way she speaks is just, like, like, you can feel the passion. Yeah. And the love for her culture and her language. and Yeah, we were here for it. Yeah, just, I... So we moved. No words. We moved her episode up because we want you to all know what amazing things Callie and TTO are doing. So I'm going to leave it there and let you listen to it. Indigenous peoples are continually working to reclaim their rights, language, and culture that were taken from them through colonization. Over 30 years ago, a group of parents on Thai and Danaga Mohawk territory came together to create a way to raise their children so they would know who they are. Through their goal came the G. Junhet Ungwanwana Language and Cultural Center, which plays a significant role in ensuring community members have access to their culture, language, and in turn make sure Mohawk language remains vital for future generations. Babes O'Quinney, please help us welcome Callie Hill, the Executive Director of G. Junhet Ungwanwana Language and Cultural Center. Did I get it? You did. Yay! Yo Yanare. Good job. Whoa. <laughs> um, we start every episode asking people what their favorite potato chip is. So Oh my gosh. Dill pickle. <gasps> yes. I don't think yeah. we've had that yet. Dill pickle we get the spicy dill pickle spicy sometimes. Dill pickle. Oh yeah, they're hot. <laughs> Too <Yeah>. much. <laughs> they're a little bit much, but I love dill pickle chips. Dill yeah. Pickle. yeah. Any kind. Like Oh, does it like matter? Lays or no name? Will you hit up a old no name? Old Dutch are really good. Yeah. I think I need to get back on the I Old Dutch get, train. We've had yeah. a couple of people say Old Dutch is like yeah. the original chip. Well, they I are. think they used to be the Humpty Dumpty, right? Oh, I were they? they? Yeah, it was like a rebrand of another brand oh, that used to be. exist. I know they came from Western Canada, yeah. I thought. Old Dutch. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm a big Dill fan. pickle. Adding it to the list. <laughs> there you go. Chips people like. Uh, can you tell us about yourself and your My background? work self? Yeah. So I am the executive director of the Jijunhat Ungawana Language and Cultural Center. We started out being actually the Jijunhat Ne Ungawana Language Circle. And that was at very beginning, um, late 90s, I guess, is, uh, is when we were called that. I... I'm the second full-time employee of the organization, so I've been with them uh, 19 years next week in a couple of weeks. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So I've been there for a long time. I've seen all the growth. um, I'm very passionate about my work. Some people have mistaken that for aggression. Um, I'll just put that on the table, but really I'm just really passionate about the work I do, and obviously I've been doing it for a long time. So. I've also Honestly, been though, called aggressive in my day, so yeah, I get it. Yeah, people don't 
love passion. I, I feel sometimes I need to qualify that with people that maybe don't know me or, no. or something. Like I just come You're off no, 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 no. too much. But no, no. Yeah. no, it's nothing is too much here. No, <laughs> okay. I, lo- I love some passion, <laughs> and passion. it's like I have. So I have ADHD. So I have like this injustice sensitivity thing. So I get very passionate about mm-hmm. things very easily. So I understand that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> were you part of it when? Uh, were you part of the group of parents in the beginning that? wanted to create a language center or did you come after did you join I came after, after a little bit but two of my older sisters were a part of that group oh. and it wasn't really just parents but it was community mm-hmm. members um and that was back at a time where like our language has slowly been dwindling away for mm-hmm. many years and even then in the 90s there was not very many people that were were communicating with Mohawk language uh, there was really only a handful that were, and I don't know if we call them latent speakers or sometimes they're called silent speakers, but they weren't really practicing. I mean, I don't think they had anybody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There was like five or six. There was less than 10, I'm sure. Oh, wow. Back at that time. And and so it was a group of these community members mm-hmm. and parents that got together and thought, you know, we need to do something because if we lose this, we lose who we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's nothing there for our children. So yeah. I read a stat and it's, is it one percent of people on territory? No more. Is it more now? Maybe I, I think that might even be high. It might oh, even really? be less than a percent based on our population. Now our population stats are a little. They're skewed. I think mm-hmm. just because the way that Indigenous Services Canada counts people, or the way that Canada Census oh. counts people, it it's. And then how we count them when traditionally speaking, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. because we're matrilineal, we are what our mother is. And right. so, oh, yes. Okay. So, I mean, there's just so many different ways to look at what our population is. I think our membership on reserve is around 2,200 people. Mm-hmm. Our total membership, so people that live anywhere, and that's like, that's resident community members. I think our total membership is over 10,000 now. So that's people oh. living anywhere in the world. So the 2200 is just people who live on territory members 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 that live on okay so the other part is like not really having a residency bylaw so there are blended families maybe Mm -hmm. who have you know spouses and children that are not um, mohawk or a mohawk of the bay of quinty member Mm -hmm. i think our on reserve population is around five thousand, maybe around five thousand. that's what i estimate yeah Wow. Yeah, we talked to Nikki about that and trying to understand the lines and how, from the government, people are considered indigenous or not. That yeah. was fun to try and figure out. Right? And understand. Yeah. I was like, that is, it is unnecessarily yeah. complicated. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and then all the new bills, and I don't even understand all the new bills they bring in when they like um, decide who else should be considered to be. Indigenous or Mohawks of Bay Pointy or, mm-hmm. and it comes from like um, grievances or I, I don't know if that's the right word oh, for okay. it, but someone has put in a lawsuit and said, yeah. yeah. So I I don't understand all of those yeah. things, but no, I know that there I. have been a few that have um, resulted in more people being, being considered. But really, traditionally speaking, you are what your mother is. Yeah, it's okay. very simple. This is simple. Yeah. We're gonna go with that, right? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that I think that's the easiest way to do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so you started with, I'm going to say, Ji Junhet Language and Cultural Center in the 90s? No. Yeah, I yeah. started, well, I, they started in the 90s, mm-hmm. 
um, I started working for them in 2004. So pretty close to the beginning. It was pretty. I was the second employee. There was one young man that was hired um, before me, and I, I, I did apply for it at that time, but I didn't get the job. And then when he knew that he wanted to do other things, I, I think it was less than a year, he came and said, Callie, you need to apply for this job because you, <laughs> you should be doing this job. What was so. your original role? I was called the program coordinator, I think, because okay. at that time, we only had one program going. It was the, we had an adult language program going at the time. Oh. And so, yeah, things have evolved. Yeah, because I mean, I, in my mind, it started because now you have, um, like, it's more, it's a lot of, there's a lot of children's programming. So it didn't start that way. It didn't start that way. Um, but there was a five-year plan back then. And I think they did the five-year plan. Um, it might have been around 2000. It was before I came. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was the, the group of community members when I say they. So it was just, they were called, they called themselves the language circle. Mm-hmm. And so they, they came up with a five-year plan on how they were going to approach language and cultural revitalization. And so part of that plan was first um, finding a group of adults who are interested in learning the language, teach them to become you know, proficient speakers then hope some of them would go on to be teachers and then open an immersion school for children. That was the five-year plan. That was the five-year plan. and um, plan, good for them. And back in that day and that time, I think a lot of people thought that that was the way forward is to teach it to the children mm-hmm. and that would be the way to save the language. But that tra- um, train of thought has kind of changed over the years and over research where... And it is true because if the children are learning at a school, they're still going home to English-speaking homes, which we find today that happens to us in our programs today. There's still no way for that language to regenerate mm-hmm. if if their parents don't know yeah. the language either. So but everybody needs to kind of learn it. Yeah, intergenerational learning is yeah. what is the mm-hmm. way that's going to save the language. Yeah, so people can speak it at home. At and home, at the, the store, anywhere, yeah. yes. But so it's built so much. And then did you know you wanted to get into that field or how did you end up at the center? I think it's hard to explain, but I, I honestly believe it's it's my genetics. Mm-hmm. It's in my blood. Mm-hmm. It's, it's who my ancestors were. Um, my parents weren't speakers. My, my grandparents were. I didn't know my grandparents... Um, my parents were very old when they had me. They were. My mom was 38. My dad was 48. So um, I'm kind of like removed as well from from my family members, like a generation sort of. I'm the same mm-hmm. age as my second cousins. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Okay. I have the so, same thing. Yeah. French Catholic. My dad's the youngest of 14. Yeah. So it was like all my aunts and uncles are mm-hmm. were in their 50s when I was 12. Yeah. So it's unfortunate because I didn't know my. They were. So I'm like two generations, I guess, removed from a speaker. Mm -hmm. But my parents were both like full-blood Mohawk, I guess, if you want to say, as were my grandparents. I know there was, obviously, the way I look, there was some some other blood in my family somewhere (laughs) along the line. Um, And that's something else I've struggled with as well over my life. But I think that's part of it is that because I I don't present as an Indigenous person, Mm -hmm. I really wanted people to know who I was. And so I've been involved in in language and cultural things from a very young age. Uh, Grade three, I guess, I was a part of a, um, our teacher was, wanted us to learn the songs and learn our social dances. And we used to 
perform, I guess, so to speak. Um, it was education as well, but we'd go to certain events and we would we would dance for mm-hmm. openings and um, at colleges and, mm-hmm. and in Toronto at the Friendship Centre and we would do those things. And, and I think that's where it started as well. As well as I remember my paternal grandfather speaking Mohawk to me. In my mind, that's all he spoke, and I don't know that that's true, but that's my memory mm-hmm. of him. Mm-hmm. I think I was nine or ten when he passed. Okay. And, um, and he, was, he was very ill um, the years that I knew him. He was actually at the—there um, was an old, old age home just down from you here. Mm-hmm. The, I think it was called the Belmont Inn or the Belfast or something like that. But it was just a few doors down on this oh. road. I remember visiting him there. Yeah. <laughs> That's so anyways, um, like I said, I think it's just it's in my blood and it's I don't know. I've been doing it for longer than 2004. Yeah. So I worked at FNTI, First Nations Technical Institute yeah. prior to that. And I was involved in in bringing in language programs for staff. So we oh. did uh, we were allowed to to learn during work hours, which was good. The president really cool. at the oh, time, really cool. yeah, he allowed, he allowed staff to take, I think it might've been one afternoon a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get Mohawk language in public school, I think grade seven and eight. And I know they have it here at East side mm-hmm. now, but we didn't have it when I went <laughs> back in the day that I went to Moira, we did not have um, any language in high school. But it's just been really important. And then, of course, I've had children, and now I have a grandson. So it just, it continues to be important for me. Hey, Katie, what are your favorite kind of businesses? Female locally owned? You got it. Ashley Mitchell took her passion and made it into a business. She has a love for working in the hospitality industry, and horses are in her soul. In June of this year, she took the leap and renovated a horse trailer into a stunning mobile bar and started Events on the Rocks. Events on the Rocks brings the bar and snacks to you. Whether you're having a private party, a small event, or a large wedding, they have everything you need to wow your guests. The Events on the Rocks team will roll up in a mobile, full-service bar, including charcuterie and a variety of snacks. Plus, they take the guesswork out of event planning by offering a range of services, including liability insurance and experienced staff. It's time to live in the moments that matter and take the stress out of special events in your life. Elevate your gatherings, be it large or small, courtesy of Events on the Rock. To learn more, go to eventsontherocks.com and follow along on Facebook and Instagram at events underscore on the rocks. Does your body always hurt? Do you have past injuries that still cause you discomfort? Do you have pelvic pain and or pee yourself a little bit? Do you need therapy? We're the first to admit that life can be messy and cause discomfort to your body and mind. Luckily, Diamond Physiotherapy is here to help. Nicola, the founder of Diamond Physiotherapy and registered physiotherapist, believes in treating the whole person. She has focused her education on reconnecting people to their bodies. From general physiotherapy and pelvic health physiotherapy to pre- and post-natal treatment and psychotherapy, the team at Diamond offers a range of services to help you get your body and mind back to where you need it. To learn more about Diamond Physiotherapy and book an initial appointment, go to diamondphysiotherapy.ca and follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Diamond Physiotherapy. 
pop quiz. How often should the average person go for dental hygiene appointments? Uh, every six to nine months because committing to regular dental hygiene visits can have long-term benefits for your teeth, gum health, and overall well-being. During your routine hygiene checkups, hygienists and dentists are checking for early signs of cavities, gum disease, and oral cancer. Exactly. The Family Dental Center has truly perfected the art of hassle-free dental visits. With online booking options, three convenient locations to choose from, and thoughtful touches like gravity blankets tailored to alleviate dental anxiety, there's no excuse to put off booking an appointment with the Family Dental Center. And don't forget, it's also important to introduce your kids to routine dental checkups early on to set them up for dental success and promote their overall health. This can also help reduce future dental anxiety. For any questions about your dental health or getting your kids comfortable going to the dentist, contact FamilyDentalCenter.com. Make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at FDC Family. I was just going to ask about the programs that they're offering, but... I just wanted to ask, so would grade 7 and 8 be like the first time that you were actually being taught Mohawk, besides knowing the song? It's my memory that yeah. that's what it was, yeah. That's all I remember. I, that's all I recall. Mm-hmm. Now, my older sister, the one who's next to me, she remembers um, being at elementary school on the reserve. We And she had a... Um, her teacher was from the reserve. The principal was non-Indigenous. And it was a day school at mm-hmm. the time. And her teacher would close the door and say, okay, now we're going to learn some Mohawk. She remembers that. Wow. And some people remember that teacher getting in trouble from the non-Indigenous principal saying, you've been warned that you can't be doing that here. But so, they weren't allowed to teach? No. No. This is where I'm not going to say the thing that is <laughs> on my mind. Yeah. So that's not really that, you know, when you think about it, that's not not. that far. That's like within within our, I can, like, you're probably my mother's age. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's not that far mm -hmm. removed. And people think this has happened, like, you know, forever ago. And it's like, no, like, this happened to people directly that you can speak with still Mm -hmm. today. Yes, it it is. That's just makes me feel nauseous. Nikki was telling us now students, they learn Mohawk at the public school. Is that correct? They do, yep. At the elementary school. It's a federal school, Quinty Mohawk School. They have Mohawk language and have had it for 15 or 20 years maybe now um, as a core subject. Okay. So everyone from kindergarten to grade eight at that school does get Mohawk language. I, I don't know how often during mm-hmm. the week, but they do get it as a as a core subject. Yeah. That's good. That's good, yeah. What, what kind of programs do you guys offer? So we still offer, um, an, an, we have adult programs, so I'll, okay. I'll start with those um, cool. because they were one of the first ones. So back in 2004, we started an adult program. We were partnered with Brock University at mm-hmm. that time, and it was a nine-month certificate program. And uh, we ran that for a couple of years, and then those adults were saying, not long enough for us to get in, gain any proficiency. We need it longer. We partnered them with Trent University, and we offered what is was called a Diploma in Mohawk Language and Culture, and it was a two-year program, and these were all delivered in the community. So we were partnered with Trent University for two two-year cohorts, and then adults were saying, we just want to um, learn to, to speak. We don't care about the accreditation. So we've continued some type of adult program from 2004 to 2015, and then now we're, so from 15 to 18, we didn't have any adult programs. 
2018, we partnered with Queen's University, and and we're still running that program with them. It's a two-year certificate in Mohawk language and culture. Mm-hmm. And this year, we started back with a full-time adult language. Immer- it's more of an immersion program. Mm-hmm. So this is the program that will produce more speakers for us, the one that we're offering this year. That's so that's cool. it's had different... Um, formats over the years. So during that time also, we started a language nest back in 2008 because we didn't have any first language speakers, Mm -hmm. um, mother tongue speakers in our community. We had two older ladies come to us from uh, another Mohawk community, Ganesadage, which is in Quebec. And they lived in our community for five or seven years. And they taught the babies, the little ones. So at the same time that they were, and it was just in a house mm-hmm. in one of our sub, one of our subdivision. So we rented a house, TTO rented a house to house the ladies. And then it was the children of the adult students that were attending the Trent program. Mm-hmm. Their, their preschool age children would go to Duda's house. So Duda's like grandma. Mm-hmm. They'd go and spend the day with her. So that was a really exciting time in the community because mm-hmm. there we have the intergenerational learning. Yeah, I was going to say, that's it. It's it so was. Cute. It was amazing. And it was like a co-op. So mm-hmm. the parents not only were learning um, as well at school, but like during lunch, they would go and, and spell the dudas off so they could have a break and they'd help the kids have lunch. They would like plow the driveways, take out the garbage. Oh, wow. They would just, it yeah. was just a really, really, really exciting was it, time. Was it full time for the adults? It was. It was full time for them, um, full days. So five days a week, six hours a day. Wow. And the children as well would be at with Duda, with the two Dudas for that time period as well. So then when it came time for those children starting to age out to a preschool and ready to go to school, mm-hmm. the parents said, okay, we've, invested all of this you know time and energy and and so we want our children to continue learning in the language and that's when we started our primary immersion school so mm-hmm. sk to grade four is what we've always and when we still operate that program today again it's seen different um, formats it depends on who our staff is and what their level of proficiency is um, some years it's not so much immersion but bilingual Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still very so, much language and cultural based. What does immersion mean? Immersion means you're learning in the language. So your oh, okay. um, instruction is all in, in the target language. Okay. And, and the students are, re, you know, responding in the target language as well. Oh, okay. So all day long. Wow. Yeah. So it's like French immersion yeah. in schools. But just with Realize I've never yeah. known yeah, would, what immersion actually meant, so that's good mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> I know. Well, some people use the word and don't really use it properly, I think. They think any language program is an immersion, and it's not, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So where would the teachers for the immersion program come from? Like, would you have to bring in fluent speakers, or did it just depend on the year? It depended on the year. So for the for the adult program, we did have um, a gentleman from our community that unfortunately he just passed a couple months ago, oh. and it was a huge loss to us. Um, Gana de Wakon, Gohan. I say Gohan because he's passed. Um, and he, but he worked at the University of Western Ontario or Lon- yeah London. Mm-hmm. He would come. He was one of our first teachers when when the adults were learning back in two thousand and four. He would come like three days a week and do instruction. And then a couple of the students in the program that were kind of the keeners, they were really picking it up quick. 
they would be like the student mentors and they would work with this, the group of students for the rest oh, of the okay. week. So we've kind of done that sort of thing with all of our programs throughout the years. Mm-hmm. It's just whoever we can get and how we can help them. And it's unfortunate that a lot of times adults are pulled out of a two-year immersion program to teach because we're all lacking teachers. In, in I think I can speak for most Mohawk communities are really lacking in teachers that mm-hmm. are proficient and wanting to teach because not everybody that learns the language wants to be a teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times we pull them out and talk them into it and it's not fair, but that's that's the state of our language right now mm-hmm. in a lot of our Mohawk communities. Do other Mohawk communities have similar places to TTO? Yes, I think yeah. I think most of them do. Uh, the the communities to the east, so Ganawage and Ganasitaage, still have quite a few first language speakers in oh, their okay. communities. And um, mind you, they're probably, the majority are older, I would say, probably maybe in their 60s and up. But there's a lot, there's a, there's a huge base of second language speakers is, mm-hmm. I guess, how they're termed. I really don't like calling them that because a lot of them have dedicated their lives to learning and and. Anyways, it's it's just a term, I guess, that, that's used for them. But there's a, a larger base of them in those communities as well. And I think um, their advantage is that they still have first language speakers that they can speak to mm-hmm. outside of class time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a part of the programs in the other communities is you have to go find a Duda and speak to them, you know, <laughs> um, for an hour every day or whatever, however the format is. Whereas like in Tyndanega, we don't have that luxury of having... Mm-hmm other proficient speakers um but we are our that base is growing it really is so well it's yeah you guys are helping grow that base and we like are build that build back what was lost i so. also love the progression of this because it's just you identified what was ne- needed next it's not like you were just jumping into hoping it would work. It was all very thought out. And I like I like a linear process. That's, yeah, that's great. it was a plan. And, and that first five-year plan obviously took a little longer than five years, but they, they did absolutely everything that they wanted mm-hmm. to do in that plan. And we continue to do strategic planning every year. Mm-hmm. And we have since, since then. So that's really helpful to getting us where we need to be in the community. Nice. So I have a toddler and <laughs> I saw all the artwork from you're gonna have to help me with the pronunciation of this learning with Jita Jita so learning with Jita um, the artwork is so cute um, and just it just looks adorable can you tell us more about that program so that is um, one that's the language learning um, website yes. learning with Jita that was a grant we got from the Ontario Trillium Foundation it mm-hmm. was a three-year grant I believe so we hired another gentleman from our community, Carm Miracle, to be the creative director on that program. So he's the one that was helpful in getting all the the artwork done, mm-hmm. um, all the animation. It's so cute for that program. And then we uh, did all the translations, and we have one special Duda from Ganesadagi that was one of our Dudas that looked after our children. Mm-hmm. She's still involved in our programs and does a lot of our translations for mm-hmm. us. So she did the translations and we, we put we got the website up and running for the, the Jita and, and also some other community members helped with that website. So there is a family in our community that have uh, like a husband and his wife that learned language before they had children. And so when they had their two daughters, those two Two girls were really raised as first 
first oh, language wow. speakers. That's so cool. like the first time in our community, and I think I forget. I think they say seventy years. Holy! So they're they're older now. The girls are older now, but from birth, they were raised with Mohawk as their first language. Wow! So my point being, yeah. those two girls are some of the voices that you'll oh. that you'll hear in oh some of the an, and their father as well in some oh, of the animations. Cool. And oh, the, that's so sweet! And it's so it's so bizarre because you look at Jita, mm-hmm. and she was done before we we hired the family to help us with the program. She looks just like her. Really? The oh one that is gosh. the voice of Jita. Like, it, it, they could be, yeah, it's really funny how that happened. I love that. Yeah. Has that, have other families done that, that you know of, where the parents learn before they have kids? Or was that kind of like a very special? That in particular, I think, is a special case for mm-hmm. us because it was both mom and dad. Yeah. Um, we've had other families where one of the parents have, have are proficient speaker. And so they would they would raise their families with mom speaking English and dad speaking mm-hmm. Mohawk, for instance. So trying and there's a name for that method as well. And I can't remember right now what it is. But in our community, those things have happened mm-hmm. in other Mohawk communities. I know that there's there are families that are doing that now. And that's how they're increasing their their speakers in their communities is that they're doing that and and the children are able to go to school from preschool to high school in in immersion programs in the eastern oh, communities wow. yeah oh, wow. we're I, not there yet but we'll get there there's mohawk I hope so. the east side has mohawk east side yeah. does have mohawk i think in every grade they oh okay i think in every grade they have and then students can choose the mohawk students can choose yeah they. and i believe they can take mohawk instead of french Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. My daughter took like an arts program at Bayside and she was learning all these things. And she's like, did you know this? And I was like, no, I didn't know any of this. <laughs> was it like an indigenous arts yeah. program? Yeah. Um, Can you, Nikki briefly told us too, the Mohawk language, it uses both sides of your brain, right? Like when you're trying to put the words together. Nikki would know more about that oh, okay. being more of a because she studied the language. Yeah. I've never studied the language full time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the but thing. But Nikki has, so yeah. She told us about it and it blows my mind because she said that when you're speaking Mohawk, you're the way that the words are put together, you're using both sides of your brain. So a lot of the students that learn Mohawk and are in the immersion program, then when they go to school, they're really good at languages and math because they grew up using both sides of their brain which yeah. I don't think happens a lot which Ever. fascinates me it doesn't happen in English no like at all yeah English is really a boring language it's, though when it you think re- about it also it doesn't make sense no it makes no sense like no. words look exactly the same but they're pronounced completely differently mm-hmm. and it's like no wonder people struggle with it yeah and it's like I find because like I've learned a bunch of other languages, like I know a little bit of German, Korean. Every other language is just so much more beautiful than English. <laughs> it's like yes, it's just very descriptive. I mm-hmm. I know Mohawk is very descriptive. Like yeah. there's really no room for anything to be misinterpreted when you're speaking in Mohawk language. Yeah. You know exactly what the person is saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like there's no room for like interpretation. No. And I find a lot of other languages are like that too. It's like where they'll use descriptions or feelings as opposed to specific. And I'm just like, why is English so difficult? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but you do have a master's degree. I do. 
Can that's you tell us about badass. that? Because that's super cool. Yeah. Um, I And I was one that was, I, I didn't really have any inclination to do any higher education. I had been working for the language circle for, I think I started my program in 2012. So I'd already been there, whatever, seven mm-hmm. years. And then this program came out from the University of Victoria. It was a Master's of Indigenous Language Revitalization. And really I was strongly encouraged by the board of directors to take the program and so and so I did and it was amazing and really if I was going to do a master's program that would be the one that I would, would do one, yeah. that mm-hmm. would be the only one that I would really be interested in doing and I think it is still the only master's program that of indigenous language revitalization the universe, university of victoria does they now also offer a phd in oh, wow. um, are you going to do it? I'm not. I don't think I am. There are a couple of, of um, men in our community that are doing it right oh, now. Oh, really? Though. Yes. They're we in the first cohort. Yeah. I was the first cohort of that program wow. in 2012. And um, and I would talk it up to everybody mm-hmm. at home, but also through my network and knowing other people mm-hmm. in other Mohawk communities, I say, you should really take that program at the University of Victoria because it did help me a lot in my job. And that's what the that's what my board directors, who all had higher education, said to me. Callie, you're already doing all of this stuff. You just, you don't know the terminology. You don't know, mm-hmm. which is so true, right? Yeah. And it's, it's been so helpful to me through the years. Like, I'm, I'm really, yeah. I'm So yeah, what grateful. exactly did it teach? What, I know all, what all those words kind of mean, language <laughs> revitalization, but what is really... What did what did you learn? So it was um, it, obviously it's it's a university, so it's mm-hmm. a lot of theory. Mm-hmm. We didn't actually learn any languages in the program, and in my cohort, I believe there was twenty, twenty six or twenty eight people originally. Out of that twenty eight, there was twenty four different language families. Wow out of the student base. That's wild. And most of them were BC because I was the only one from Ontario. I think there was three or four from Northwest Territories. So mainly mm-hmm. they were all from BC. There's just so many languages out there. So it was a lot of theory. It was um, language planning, language um, strategic planning, um, curriculum, linguistics, those types of things. Oh, wow, yeah. hmm that's, That's really cool. That's yeah. super cool. You mentioned earlier about the thesis that you wrote. Well, yeah, I started reading your paper. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. I, I can, found it. Can you it. tell us more about that? Well, I can, yeah. So <laughs> my my project was um, a survey that I did in the community looking um, to see where people were at with their interest, I guess, mm-hmm. in, um, in wanting language in the community or, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Raising their consciousness, I guess is. I think that was what I, I named mm-hmm. it. geha, raising consciousness. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I did a survey and um, just covered a lot of different areas of, of course, demographics and where 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 would you like to hear Mohawk language in the community? Um, who do you think should be learning? Um, I can't even remember all of. There were six or seven different areas that I covered mm-hmm. in the survey and then compiled the results and did my did my paper. You're a hundred and thirty two page paper. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just note that. Nothing yeah. better than a thesis, right? <laughs> There's a lot of attachments there. 
Yeah, we love an appendix. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fill it up with appendix. I wrote appendices. In, I think I was like in the eleventh grade when I wrote like my first like eighty page paper for like a psychology class. I don't know what any of this means, but I'm like, okay, I wrote an eighty page paper. I can relate somehow. I didn't go to university. <laughs> <laughs> I did not write theses, but yeah. besides the these, these, I don't whatever know. that is whatever in a plural the, form yeah. yeah it's like octopus yeah I had a Anyways. great supervise two co-supervisors on my on my paper and I got it done really quickly um I'm actually gonna I'm gonna read it I'm yeah. honestly probably gonna read it it's because I need some yeah I'm go ahead read it then, then we can too. have the conversation oh, yeah. about I love it graphs. Yeah. yeah I did I a lot of graphs. well because it was a survey right so I had to show Show your work yeah. somehow. Yeah. Illustrate it so people can understand it. And um, I love a graph. Yeah, it was it this. was a really it was a great experience for me, and mm-hmm. it gave me good insight. Um, I used volunteers to to hand out my survey because oh. I didn't have any funding. Yeah. To pay anybody, so I just put a call out one one weekend and said, "I need help." We delivered them to every home. Really? In the community. I had a group of, I forget how many, less than less than a dozen volunteers, but we they helped me to deliver them. And it wasn't a sit down and fill out with everybody, but it was a deliver mm-hmm. yeah. to the home. And it was like every, every community member, actually every resident over the age of 12. Could because I felt like even if you aren't Mohawk, you might be some other indigenous nation mm-hmm. yeah. living in the community, or you might not even be indigenous, but you're living in the community. Yeah. So, what is your interest in Mohawk language if mm-hmm. you aren't? That's important to me as well. I'd love to learn Mohawk. Yeah. Like, I think our that- programs are open to, mind you, we've, we're pretty much at capacity every time. And I, yeah, and the we last have a priority would, list, obviously. Yeah. Pro- but, uh, yeah, but we do I would open never it. want to take a spot from somebody yeah. who's like, yeah. yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we covered the learning nest the preschool and up to four immersion, the adult programming, and I wrote her Gita. Learning Gita? Gita. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Um, are those all the programs? Those are... Or the main programs? Those are the main... Pro- like yeah. the, I say the core programs mm-hmm. are the adults and the two children's programs. Mm-hmm. Lately, we've... Um, or I guess more recently, we've been doing like the, the language learning app, the Learning with Gita. We've also produce some books oh. um, all, we did a set of 30 books 20 were a reprint from Woodland Cultural Center okay. but they were from who I mentioned had just passed he wrote a bunch of children's books back in the 70s I think and so we reprinted them and updated oh, the illustrations so cool. because in his illustrations and mind you they're beautiful but they're, they're black and white line drawings mm. and yeah. so that's one of the things right our children, when they're learning Mohawk, can't go to the library and pick up a beautifully illustrated, full-color mm-hmm. book. So we wanted to provide yeah. that for them. So we reprinted them with full-color illustration. And we did um, a set of 10 original books. And uh, and those were published as coloring books. So they were black oh, and white. Oh, that's cool. Hopefully someday we'll be able to publish them again in yeah. full-color. But they were stories from, our, from community members. So we offered oh. a, a writing workshop. And um, had people come out and write books, and then we had them translated, wow. and um, and all the illustrators were all indigenous people as well. So that that's was a so really beautiful. neat, that's fantastic. That was a neat project. So that's part of like language revitalization mm-hmm. is normalizing the language in every. 
capacity or every area in the community. It's not just for school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not going to revitalize it if it's just a school yeah. language. Yeah. It needs to get into the home. So how do we get it into the homes? We Well, I know, didn't even think about the fact that there would be no books. So students couldn't just go or kids or anyone could just go and get a book or you can't necessarily just talk to someone in the language there's all these things you don't think about yeah and so the teachers i mean you bring that up so teachers a lot of times are are developing their own oh wow resource materials to teach for them yeah i I see it on etsy a lot not specifically with mohawk but like just teachers in the u.s they don't have a lot of resources so they make their own and they sell them for super cheap on like Etsy. Right. Just to be able to spread the spread love. Yeah. 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 Um, You guys just got some funding. Yes, we did. That's, That's very exciting. Can you tell yes. us about this? Yeah. So obviously um, over the years, we've just been living in rented, leased um, facilities and having our own home has always been something that we've wanted. And so an opportunity came up to apply for a grant with Infrastructure Canada through their Green and Inclusive Community Buildings Fund. And it was, that application was worse than the master's thesis. Like it was was very dense. And involved. (laughs) Yes. How many pages was that in there? Oh my goodness. I can't even remember how many pages, but I can tell you I, I had, a team of, I think maybe seven people Holy that helped me bring that, bring it all together. So looking at it from, from all the angles we had yeah. to look at, um, what was included in the application. And so that was, we had to, um, the deadline for that was July of 2021, I think. Oh, so it took that long for, it took to a while here back. It took a while. Now I, I learned in May of 2022 that we were successful. And then did you have to Gave keep it a secret, secret? Yeah. secret for a had whole to keep it. How did you do yes. that? <gasps> I, it was crazy. Well, I, I couldn't, obviously. Whoa. The staff in the office knew, um, but we have a very strict confidentiality, yeah. you know, so. Um, but that's such like exciting oh, news goodness. to keep for so long. No yeah. way. I know it was over a year. And so I felt terrible because I felt like I was lying to people when they were saying, how's things going with the building? Have you got any funding yet? And it's like, not yet. We, we have a grant in, we're waiting to hear. That's my, that's what I kept saying. your line. We just, because the government has to be, you know, they have to be the ones to, to make such big announcements. So So the building now that TTO is in, is that like your, is it's leased? It's not no, and there's another story. So we right now we occupy two two different buildings. Administration and now the adult program mm-hmm. is in one building. Oh. And we're in the lower level of our community library. We've been in many buildings this in our community. This is what I was trying to figure out because I was doing we, some Googling and I was yeah. like, I don't know where it is. We were at uh, a for, the former um, airport hangar, not hangar, terminal building of uh-huh. FNTIs. We were there once. We were at a decommissioned church. We, we've been at a house, um, and then we've been at where we are now. And then the children's programs right now occupy a hundred-year-old former day school. So that in itself, that we've reclaimed that space, <laughs> and we're doing the absolute opposite of what yeah. that space yeah, I was, was say, intended. I, was like, I love that. It's very empowering yeah. to us, um, and I'm getting goosebumps yeah, yeah, thinking about too. it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. That's where our so that's where our early years and our our um, primary 
language school, our, our house there right now. They've <laughs> been there. This is our third year there. So, oh, Well, that's and nice. It's been there so long and very empowering. It is. And, and here's another little tidbit. I went to grade one at that day school. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. So that's like wild. Yeah. But it's like, it's kind of like a nice little, like a little fuck you right there. You're there now just reclaiming it. I love that. Yes, (laughs) it is. And it's a beautiful little school. It still has the hardwood floors. It still has the slate chalkboards. Like over all of these years, it's that stuff has all been saved in that building. And that building has been other things. It's been like a community rental where Mm -hmm. you could just go and rent it for small meetings or Mm -hmm. baby showers or parties or whatever. And then our, our seniors, they're um, the 59ers, they were called um, the seniors (laughs) group. They had it for quite a while. So they'd have card parties and they would do things there as well. But, but everything is still saved. It's, it's seen some renovations as Mm -hmm. well, but that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I can still remember that. I still remember going to school there. I remember, I have memories of it. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And I don't have bad memories yeah. of yeah. the school, like myself. I, I do recall other students being not treated fairly mm-hmm. yeah. by the teacher, but I, I didn't. I think I was always kind of a little. I was quiet, but I was also a little pet. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was a suck yeah. up. So. Yeah, that was me too. I guess I, I was loud. Yeah. They didn't like me. <laughs> they liked me, but they were like, "Can you stop talking?" And I'm like, "No, I can't read. I'm just gonna keep talking." <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> wow. I used to organize dictionaries for the oh, teacher. Gosh. Oh, there you go. I, I would color coordinate them because I was so OCD and no one flagged this in my file. Oh my god. They were goodness. like, she's fine. She'll, she's over there organizing the dictionary. Yeah, the teachers didn't mind at all if you were doing <laughs> that care. for them. No, yeah. I was, yeah, organizing the French English dictionaries and then the English ones, the French ones, but they all had to be in a certain way. Some of them didn't have spines, <laughs> so I fixed those. Like, <laughs> No one knew that I was not neurotypical. Mm, yeah. <laughs> a little neurospicy you were. Um, so wait. now with this, sorry. Yeah, no, you go. I was saying with this funding, you're going to get oh. a whole building. We are. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't even finish that story. Okay. Yeah, so we did. We, we, we had our formal announcement in June of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, we received $9.6 million. Just a little bit of money. Just a little chunk of change for our that's, new building. That's so magical. exciting. It is. And it's uh, the land that we're going to build it on is also reclaimed land. It was part of a land claim that's been, that's been um, we've, we've gotten back through a land claim. And it's in, just in Shannonville, if you know the area. It mm-hmm. used to be Shannonville World's Fair. That's I the feel land. Like I yeah, that's know the where land that is. Where, where where our building will be. That's so, so exciting. Yeah. Is it on Salmon? Salmon River Road. So it's just off of number two, yeah. um, just east of Village Variety gas station there yeah. in, in Shannonville. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And what? Obviously, it's going to be huge. I've seen the the like mock-ups, the, I guess. The renderings, it looks yes. beautiful. What will you be able to do with this space? that you can't do right now? Well, right now, because the children's programs are in this smaller school, we do have a capacity issue mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, our capacity is probably, it's less than 20 students. Okay. So in our new building, one classroom will hold 20 students. Sorry, it's 20 students now from pre-K from, to four? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. yeah, so you're going to be, we have a lot more space. We will have a lot more space. So we have three classrooms set aside for um, whoever, mm-hmm. however that pans out. And again, it just goes year to year who our student base will be. 
we'll have a um, a teach teaching kitchen, so we'll be able to do some. We'll be able to expand the programming that we do. We'll have an art studio wow. also. We'll have all the outdoor space. We'll have yeah. outdoor classrooms, and we'll have a main gathering space that'll seat about I think 150 people. Amazing. And so, um, we'll be able to really expand mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we do, like school-wise, but also community-wise yeah. and and outside. Yeah. So be able to offer more programming to our neighbors in mm-hmm. Belleville or Picton or Napanee or even further. Yeah. And so another part, and so it's it's a phased build, this whole complex, but that's phase one is the main building. Mm-hmm. The other part is that we're also building a replica longhouse, which will be a oh. another educational piece that will be for our students, but also for outsiders that want to come mm-hmm. and learn more. And so it'll be built... Um, to to size, so I don't. I still we don't know what size yet, but not a huge longhouse. Yeah. So it might be you know thirty feet by sixty feet, maybe. Okay, so, so it'll be a big my size. Ignorance. I have no idea what a longhouse is. So a longhouse is our um, is what we lived in okay. back in the day, um, and they and we lived by clan. So you'd live okay. in a clan longhouse. So there'd be a turtle and a wolf and a bear, okay, or however many you had yeah. in your village. Um, so as as we uh, you know progressed over the years, we started living in obviously individual homes, and still having longhouses. I guess is my understanding where we now use the longhouse mostly for social, political, and spiritual things. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So our we we conduct our ceremonies. We do have a a, a ceremonial longhouse in our community, mm-hmm. um, but we also hold like political meetings of the traditional people have their own uh, own governance yeah. mm-hmm. and whatnot. So we do use the house for that as well as um, social events. So social songs, singing, singing our social songs and with, with um, our water drum and our rattles and we have social dances that we do. So cool. social events and a lot of times food is involved. They always got to have food. Yeah. So yes. yeah. And so the replica will allow, it'll be a teaching? The replica will be more based on what it looked like when we used to reside in them. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's That's really cool. Yeah. So it'll be a real teachable Mm -hmm. facility. And there are some of these um, facilities in other communities right now. There's one in um, Ganondagan that's in New York State. I think it's outside of Buffalo or Rochester, Rochester, they have a replica longhouse that they use at their, it's a Seneca art, it's a Seneca community. Mm-hmm. They have one, and I know there's some in Crawford Lake, which is past Toronto, but I've never visited them. They did have one in at Grand River in Six Nations, oh, okay. and it burned down very oh. recently, like over the last... It might not even be a year or yeah, less I feel than two like years. I've I heard think of, I heard of that. Yeah, that so happening. I think yeah, and they did the similar. They did similar things mm-hmm. um, there, and so I feel like this is something that is really important to us. Mm-hmm. It'll also help us sustain this new building that we have yeah. to find funding. I mean, funding to build it is one thing, but funding to sustain it over the mm-hmm. years is the next thing. So we know that by um, increasing the programming that we do and having the longhouse that will be. You know, ecotourism or whatever, very close to the 401. Hopefully, you know, a lot of traffic. Yeah. A lot of schools might want to come and bring their students yeah. to learn. That so would be, that'd be really good. important. Mm-hmm. Is there anything we could do to help? Yeah, like, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You've been with TTO 
for so long and I'm sure it has not been all rainbows and sunshine getting to where you are now but but how do you feel now that from where you started to getting the funding and starting this new adventure yeah even at the um at the the announcement of the building and the funding it's still it's still surreal to me that we're finally here at this place and I honestly don't think I'm going to believe it until I'm standing in the building it's just it's really hard to believe and I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking about retiring obviously and um and there has been some times along the way where I thought okay I'll just get this going then maybe I'll move on yeah but it's been like like I said, in a couple of weeks, it'll be 19 years and I'm still here. And so I've been told, well, you can't leave now until a couple of years after the building is done. When's the building set to be done, do well, you think? Well, it is a, it's an 18 month build. I thought you were going to say 18 years and I was no, like, Kelly, no. you might need to get out of there. <laughs> I'll be haunting the place yeah. if I'm there in 18 years. Um, but yeah, so it's a 18 month build and... Uh, yesterday we had a very exciting building meeting, so the the tenders are actually going out today. <gasps> exciting! And, uh, yeah, and with the deadline of October fourth, so wow. we're hoping. Wait, so is ground broken technically? Well, technically we put shovels put in the, the ground okay. at the opening, but I wasn't sure what ground bre- groundbreaking actually meant. Yeah, so. th- we did th- we did a sod turning, I okay. guess is what we called it. Yeah, groundbreaking is when you actually start construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so tenders will help with that. I don't know. What Tenders, those are. that's like when you get the companies to be like, oh. hey, this is how much it's going to cost us to do this. And you ask okay. a bunch of companies. Yeah. You're just like quoting that's at feeling it. feeling good. Yeah. So uh, we're, I'm still hoping that we might break ground in October. That might Fingers be a little. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah it you is. know what? Like, Putting it into the universe. Well, that's yeah. what we've done. And we've done that all along. And we've, we, and, and that's my strong belief is, is putting your mm-hmm. intention out there, putting it out there for creator. Um, yeah. We've gone up to the, we've gone up to the land. We've spent time on the land. We've take, taken the children up there to spend time on the land, mm-hmm. um, you know, burning our tobacco mm-hmm. and, and, you know, sending that message up to creation to say this is what we need to happen. And so I, I firmly believe that that's why we've gotten to where we are right now. Well, it uh, seems to be working. Yeah, it's working so for us. I think change that, that. Like, don't change that. Yeah. yeah, you guys are doing the right You're stuff. Right. Like it's going the right direction. Yes. And, yeah. So the only other thing we didn't yeah. talk about was the um, radio station. Yeah, which is yeah. a whole another whole big thing. But hopefully, we'll be able to work together with yeah. you guys. Honestly, I love that. We've had a radio station in our community in the past, but um, we're still a pirate radio station. Yes, <laughs> I know, I know. This one will be licensed. Yeah, we've yeah. applied. Yeah, I mean, you applied you know in that. the. I I've yeah. known about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so I I was just told a cu- last week that um, it's a pr- is it approved? It's a pr- it wasn't approved, but there's some kind of a kibosh on new applications that they're not going to oh, look at maybe them it's for, a deadline. for two years. Wow. But we just beat it so I think ours might get pushed through. Wow. But they wouldn't say how long it might take before we'd hear anything. Yeah, it's like one of those. It's, I think too there's like a lot of steps. Like wait. it goes through to like the CRTC and then it goes out for like they give notice. It's it's like it's we had process. our hearing with CRTC oh, already on July 6th. We had our hearing. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. good. Our, I yeah, I think they were calling it a hearing. Yeah, and yeah. it's just if but anyone was has... was not attending hearing. Like, none of us had to be there or could be there. No, but and then I think it's just as long as no one brings up... Like, like yes. contesting. Called? Contesting, yeah, yeah so that's we, and, So we've had a technical... I forget what you call him. Techie person that yeah. did the report for the other place. Oh, I can't think of the other, the other government organization that's involved in radio. Not CRTC, but there's another one. 
I have no idea. I can't remember. I can Anyways, only think of this. Year. I feel like I should know. I this. should yeah, know, and this. I should too. But I'm yeah. I'm not in radio. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> letters that they throw at you. There, there are, and so, so many. So, anyways, we're hoping that it'll get pushed through, and if not, we're we're hoping that maybe we might start an internet station. Yeah, but it, like I say, it will be licensed by CRTC. Mm-hmm. It's um, Indigenous Type B, which is specifically, and you're probably familiar, specifically for language revitalization yeah. purposes. And wow. so we are striving for more spoken word yeah. than, than music, but we will have music and we will have English. That's but we will also, yeah, we it'll be an opportunity for us to have the language in absolutely every home in the community mm-hmm. if they have a, a radio. radio to turn on or a computer to turn on. That's big. It, it is big. And and also because it's a community station and, and I've already, you know, been talking to people, the nurses or, you know, the roads crew mm-hmm. people saying you got to do something for the radio well I don't know any Mohawk I said okay so we'll teach you how to introduce yourself and yeah. that'll be the Mohawk part of your program so it really has it, a lot of it, it can just it can teach so many more people like it can just get that bigger reach to teach can. a wider who maybe you know can't take time out of work or their day yes. it can just be on which is so the power the, of radio people yes, <laughs> the beautiful thing about radio is it's free to the, mm-hmm. the people receiving it so it's so accessible and it's such a great learning tool mm-hmm. because people can just pop it on whenever yeah. yes. and then just be immersed in mm-hmm. whatever is happening you know what I mean yes yeah, it's very exciting. I think we have a couple of our, um, so we have a radio committee. Of, mm-hmm. yeah. of all, all of our things are volunteer committees. So we have a volunteer radio committee, and they're going to do some training on some of the software, hardware, whatever, next week. That's so exciting. Things are moving. Yeah. And so right now, that radio station is going to be housed where we are. Oh, it's going to be in the in the, in new. the same building as us. And, and, then, and so I'm hoping that by the time... We move out to our new building and, you know, less than two years, the radio will be well established where it is and they can maybe just take, take over, over that, keep wow. that space. That's Because it's very central. It's in yeah. the middle of the community. It's yeah. housed with the library. I think mm-hmm. it's in a, in a good location. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's great. I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah. And like everything you guys are doing, I just think is so wonderful. And I'm glad that we can kind of, you know, blast your message out a little bit through our platform. Yeah. Yes, I appreciate the support from so many people in, in so many different areas that are really supportive of the work that we do in our community, but also outside of our community, mm-hmm. like like you as well, you know, neighbors yeah. in Belleville and, and Picton and Napanee. And um, we've just had so many people come out and, and be so supportive. It's really, really, I'm very grateful yeah. for I feel everything. Like that's just the way to make communities succeed yeah. in general. It's just like you support your neighbors and... And you learn about them and who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who they are, what their intentions are, and mm-hmm. like, and then you help each other out. And mm-hmm. it's like that's kind of just. I feel like the way. I feel like somehow we lost that, and it's like okay, everyone has to kind of do their own thing and figure it out on your own. But it's like you know, it's like no, there's community supports. You know things that I don't know, and I know things that you don't know. And it's like how can we all help each other to all, everyone succeed? And it's like how can we build you up and. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I just think that there's so much opportunity. I'm in my feels right you now. I'm feels. so I hormonal. Yeah. I'm so hormonal. I'm just like yeah. sitting here, like I'm not gonna cry. It's fine. <laughs> Is there anything else we missed that you might want to talk about? Um, I feel like we'll have to have you back because yeah, we're gonna read your thesis. Prob- yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be read happy your to thesis come back, and uh, I'm gonna have all of the questions. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I like to acknowledge everyone that's helped us in any way, shape or form. And I know specifically our, our political, um, the Indian Act, um, leaders in our community, the chief and council, have been very supportive over the years. And, and so they've leased us also this piece of land that the new oh, building is going to okay. go on as well. So we have about nine acres there. But but from 2004, they've been they've been supporting our efforts financially as well. So I like to acknowledge that. And, you know, there's just so many people all over the place. So mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming. I'm going to... Thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you for spending time with us. Yes. That was amazing. So good. That was very good. Callie, thank you for taking time out of your I am still floored that she took the time. And I know. like we could have someone like influential and important and like, passionate. And passionate. I love and- it because she said that she says sometimes my passion gets mistaken for aggression. And I get that. <laughs> Same. I love that. <laughs> so Callie, you were truly Honestly, amazing. just yeah. And everything Keeping your aggressively passionate yeah. self. And huge snaps them for getting that grant for over nine million dollars to build. That is a beautiful new insane. space. Yeah. And I am so excited to go see it. Yeah. I'll maybe link the story in the show notes too. It gives yeah. mock-ups and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's going to be absolutely incredible for the community. And I think after over 20 years of what the what they've been doing, um, they deserve that space so much. Oh, my God, yeah. So, and they'll be able to take in that many more students to Which the I think is Mohawk Immersion Program. So beautiful. Yeah. So, obviously, everything's linked in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, check out... TTO, Callie. I'm going to link her uh, thesis too. Honestly, <laughs> I still need to read the it. thesis. So, again, thank you, Callie, uh, for coming. And hopefully, we'll be able to have her back. I would love eventually. to have her back. Once maybe like the building starts or something yeah. like that. Who's coming up next week? Next week is going to be Kelly, I think. <laughs> well, we get to make a choice. It can either be Kelly or it can be Brianne. Okay, so what episode number are we at? This will be 64. 64, so next week is 65. I don't know. I really want Kelly to be 69. I know, me too. Well, we'll see. I'll see if I can swing it, because I have to edit three episodes in the next week. Yeah, so Katie's going away. Why she's leaving for me for two weeks. She's leaving me for two weeks Which, to go to France. <laughs> you said I couldn't do, but I'm doing it. Um, she asked me the other day like what I wanted as a souvenir. Did you say a beret? I did. No, you said baby beret. Oh, yeah. For a coworker. Yeah. You said... A magnet from the Louvre. Oh, yeah. If you go. Or even from the airport. Like airport magnets as... They're fun. Yeah. Like they get like weird. I got one from Portland and it's like so tacky. Like the tackier it is, the The better. better. Okay. But I think France isn't very tacky. I think probably the touristy parts of like Paris are. I don't know. I've never been. A croissant magnet. Oh, yeah. I'll bring that back. (laughs) Like I want to find like the dumbest thing you can find. Okay. A snow globe. I'm trying to think what I normally like souvenirs that I collect. I can't even, I don't even know. It's magnets for me. Stickers for me. Stickers are good. Mm -hmm. Keychains for a while. Mm, Yeah. My friend does uh, elevated shot glasses. That's what I used to get shot glasses. Not even taking shots just for the camaraderie of it all. Yeah. I don't do shots because I'm 36. Yeah. I don't. (laughs) Did enough of those in my early 20s. It's bad. 
Will I? Yes, obviously. Will I be happy about it? No. No. Um, I want to give... Snaps. Okay. Snaps to Christina from CDC Quinney, which is the Community Development Development Council. Not the Center for Disease Control. No. Um, Christina is amazing member of the community mm-hmm. i see her at all the networking events and she recently took on the role of funding coordinator i believe with cdc quinty yeah. that could be wrong i'm so sorry um and today they had an open house so we got to go see so cdc quinty does the good food box program the good baby box the baby box the fresh for all yeah and they have community gardens yeah just great yeah just like there's so many great things and it's open to anybody yeah it doesn't matter what your income is they don't check any of that stuff you walk in you're like hey like a you know the vegetable good food box you get a ton of veggies for ten dollars for ten bucks and it's and you can do fruits i think you order online you can order them online you can just go Mm -hmm. in like you can order them and just to pick up and yeah they have diapers for dirt cheap and formula formula baby wipes like anything you Mm -hmm. need when it comes to like and as we know inflation is crazy right now so they also are working on christina specifically is working on a uh auction a silent auction and is looking Mm -hmm. for silent auction items so if you have a business and have uh, an auction item you can give uh get in touch with christina at cdc quinty yeah because yeah i want us to put together something we could do a babes one yeah. I don't know if people would bid on it, but yeah. come on the podcast. Yeah. We can do like <laughs> a, be funny. a branded message. Yeah. Imagine like, actually that would be hilarious. Or just come be a guest. You can be a guest on the podcast. You can be a guest on the podcast. We'll figure out something to talk about. I'll talk about that. What yeah. if it's just a rando? This is funny. <laughs> Maybe Lauren McDougal. Ooh, Lauren McDougal. Okay, Lauren McDougal. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you but at you all. you're a big part of the gala. So at the gala, bid on everything. This man, on no, the but online auction. No, but they just need someone. Well, the, sometimes you just need someone to get some things going. And I think he was doing that, which is great. Killing it. Yeah. Do you want to come on our podcast? Lauren McDougal? We're coming. I'm going to send you an email. Yeah. He's going to be like, what? I'm going to be like, tell me about insurance. Yeah, I don't know. I have it. I don't know why, yeah. but I know I need it. So um, anyways, this was a 20 minute. I feel like we needed this talk because this week has been like so busy and my brain hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, I also forgot to take my meds this morning. So I took them at lunch. Oh, yeah. That checks out. Dangerous. I can see your energy. It flipped real quick. I got. Not- oh, you need to do snaps. I need to do snaps. OK, so snaps to our sales manager, Darren Matassa for letting me come on a meeting with uh, our national and you killed it national sales people so snaps to him for letting me sit in on that meeting and just kind of just be there it just feels like a, a solid like step up in my career just to like build the, the connection no more Maybe. imposter syndrome no it was just it was really cool and I felt like I contributed it in a positive way so I hope that he feels the same so snaps to Darren Matassa for allowing me to be in this meeting I love it. I got nothing else. I gotta go back to work. Yeah, me too. Okay, bye. Bye. The Babies of Quinny podcast is recorded and produced at Starboard Communications, home of 95.5 Hits FM, Cool 100, and inquinty.ca.